You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The NHL season is underway with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. doesn't matter if it's a one-timer or a deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. The sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you. Big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 156 of the big show, some Enforcer Base Podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday, bloody Sunday. Um, it's going to be a quick one tonight, guys. Actually, it is Saturday night at 12.30 a.m. I am recording this. We were a uh, busy day today, uh, signing paperwork and everything else, and then went over to my parents' place and bunch of shit went down and uh yeah a bunch of beers in and uh yeah crazy um kind of i kind of just want to go sit in my chair and watch netflix but i owe it to you guys the listeners to put something on audio to give you some audio pleasure of some sort so here we are um actually i have 
This isn't going to be a very long episode. It's actually probably going to be the fastest episode I've ever recorded. But um, I have, I was told, a very interesting, uh, to go back to my top 10 lists that I was doing on Sundays. Um, I had a few people send me random lists, and I have one sent to me. The 10 toughest Washington Capitals. So I'm looking forward to going through that. We'll have a look. I think we've done uh, Montreal... Trying to think who the tough teams. Are. No, now that I'm saying it, we don't. We've done the ten, the best bar. I remember the best bar fighters, toughest. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember now. Whatever. But uh, yeah, I've done a few of these lists, and uh, the bar fighters one still cracks me up. I'm not really sure how you qualify for that, but uh, uh, but you know we have the Washington cat, and I haven't looked because I said I want to keep my. Uh, reactions honest. So I have not, I will have the link here, but I have not clicked on it and looked. And the guy said, Oh, that's pretty funny. You think you'll do it? You should do it on the air, blah, blah, blah. So trust his judgment. We'll, uh, I'm sure it'll be funny as shit. Like we'll all have a good laugh at the list and everything. So we're doing that. Um, just a couple, uh, incidents that happened, obviously. Uh, you know, for the, for the newer age fan that likes this sort of thing that they do now. Uh, I have, uh, one incident anyway to talk about. And, um, Yes, and then the myth versus reality. Um, I don't know if it's so much. I mean, I'll put it in the in the myth versus reality segment because um, I know people have been enjoying those. Uh, but today's will be Bob Gasoff, and uh, it was actually sparked by Randy Holt's comments on Facebook. So, um, so I think it'll. I mean, I guess it's myth versus reality. We'll drop it in that category because why not, right? It's hey, like I said, it's almost one a.m. Work with me here, folks. Come on. But um, if you're listening to this Sunday, you know, uh, cool. Sit back, relax. Like I always say, watch the pictures and the sights and the sounds as they fly through the air. If it's on your commute, don't close your eyes because you're probably driving, so don't do that. But uh, if you're on the train or in your cubicle, sitting there eating your cheese sandwich, trying to avoid the boss, uh, welcome and thank you very much for tuning in. Hope everybody goes and checks out my, uh, if you're new to the program, welcome. Uh, check out my back catalog. I've interviewed, uh, over the, over the last couple of years, Morasti, McIntyre, Tedarenko, Volpat, Wilm, uh, Frank Kovacs, William, Zach Fitzgerald, lots of guys. So definitely go back and check out the back catalog. I think you'll uh, find somebody in there that you dig. Um, also, if you happen to be on social media, why would you do that to yourself? But if you're doing that to yourself, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as Facebook um, and on YouTube. That's the big one. I have over 2,600 fight videos. Added five fights last night. Uh, some Mel Engelstad, some Barry Dreger, Orlando stuff. Tremendous. Anytime you can add 90s IHL footage, I always think that's a plus. Um, but yeah, I have all the... Every league you're ever looking for, it's all sorted. Whatever league you're looking for, just type it into the search engine. It'll pop up from junior to pro. Got it all. Um, yeah, definitely check that out. If you're on Facebook... Um, I highly recommend joining the Enforcer Appreciation Group. It is run by Alec, who has the Five for Fighting podcast. He started it all. Uh, myself and, uh, and a bunch of us are admins over there, moderators. But uh, So we try to clear out the rift raft as best as we can. But uh, but it's as close to the message boards, the old message boards, as you're going to get. So, um, you know, lots of videos getting posted, pictures, some, you know, some back and forth and uh, some conversation, most of it pretty good. Every once in a while I get a few clowns, but like I said, we try to try to rid the group quickly of those people. 
but uh yeah it's a fun little group and uh i know alec is really trying to trying to get the uh the facebook live thing going he goes out on fridays and uh yeah he'll either have a guest or he just talks and hopefully we can get some interaction um you know it's it's been slow slow growing but um yeah i i encourage everybody to join the group and well, there's 13, like I said, there, in numbers, there's like, I don't know, 13,000 members, but I'm like, literally, there's probably 75 that are active, and everyone else just sort of lurks and doesn't really say anything or add anything, and it's like, um, you know, and I and I mean, I get it, I'm not saying you gotta jump in in every thread, but, um, yeah, put up a, all it takes, just put up a picture of a guy and say, make a comment, or, oh, yeah, I was a big fan of... What out of Tony Twist or something, and then people will comment and whatever, just create something. And um, and I really wish because I know there's a lot of ex players that are in these groups. I really wish they would contribute more, just in terms of like stories. There's some very active ones, Trevor Sen, Rhett Trombley, what have you, that get in there and like to comment and 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 that's great. And it's like uh, and well, on Randy Holt, which I'm going to get to here shortly, but. Um, no, anytime you get an ex-player commenting on stuff, I mean, yeah, that's the whole, as fans, you know, it's like, you know, you see that perspective, right? Or hear the story or whatever. Or, you know, oh, I remember this guy. Oh, the one night in Toledo, he did this. And it's like, well, this is awesome. Because, I mean, that's what you're, you're, you're in these groups for. And uh, so I really wish some more ex-players would get involved. Um, I know they're members. I'm not going to force them to do it. But, I mean, I really wish they would. Um, that'd be cool. But overall, just, uh, yeah, think about joining up. It's pretty cool. But uh, before I get too far into this, uh, I'll talk. As I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Uh, of course, with the season rolling on, I mean, those shows are always busy and rolling. So definitely give them a shot. Um, for my off-network friends, of course, Alec, as I was mentioning before, at the Five for Fighting podcast, the uh, part-time Oli down at Mud Show down in Florida, you know, um, I think he, I think he's record, dashboard uh, recordings as he's driving to Tampa every day. Seems like it anyway. But uh, yeah, the Five for Fighting show, he's been around for a little while. Um, tremendous back catalog. Yablonski, Bialois, Rob Ray, um, on and on. Mike Segroy. Um, yeah, really good show. Really, does a really good job. And like I said, he's, uh, he had a he had a break there for a, hi, a hiatus there, you know, married and all that stuff, and they moved, and so he had a lot going on. So he had, he missed a bunch of months, but he's back at it now, and uh, yeah, and like I said, hopefully, uh, you know, shortly here he'll get uh, he'll get back in the saddle with the uh, with the interviews and stuff. Uh, I know he's got some stuff lined up, and you know, hopefully uh, he can make a connection with the player because I don't know what it is. Uh, like I said, Alec, like Alec and I talk all the time, but. Boy, oh boy, trying to uh, make a connection with players lately. Uh, like I said, it comes in waves, it seems like. Sometimes it's like it's almost like they come to you, hey, I'd love to come on, you know, like, out of the blue, right? And they just, but other times, you just, you, shit, you can't get them to answer a text message, let alone a phone call. So, um, yeah, it's really weird how it goes in waves. And, and you know, and, uh, you know, Alex is just in a drought right now. And I get, I've been there, so I'm in the one too. Um, so, yeah. It's just, it's been pretty dry, but, uh, I know he has a, he has a cat lined up that I think will be a lot of fun to listen to. So, uh, hopefully, like I said, with the time difference and all that stuff, uh, you know, being down in Florida and they're up in Canada. So hopefully they can make it work here, uh, soon. So, 
But, uh, yeah, Alec does a, a bang up job. I, I hate to admit it, but, uh, yeah, and you go and watch the Facebook live. Like I said, he's really pushing to try to get those going. And I said, he's got to do it with the lights out. He's got his little Taiwanese massage parlor sign there and the neon glowing in the back. And yeah, the whole, uh, yeah, he's got the whole home office there. It looks pretty sharp to be, uh, I'm not going to lie, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of got, it's kind of got this North Vegas, Amsterdam kind of theme to it. And I mean, he fits right into the whole, you know, mud show. So yeah. It's pretty, uh, part-time always rocking it down in Fort Myer. So, and I mean, oh, he's a big Everblade guy. Now I think he's going to be the president of the fan, of the, uh, of the, of the team, uh, fan club here pretty quick. So, you know, just a year term though, but, uh, he'll get, well, if, if anybody was, should be impeached, I could tell you, yeah, we would not make him president or nothing, but, uh, but definitely check out the five for fighting podcast. He does a great job. <clears throat> and. The other character out there, Broadway Joe Lazito. Give her to Lazito. Give her to Lazito. Oh, that hurt my throat. <clears throat> yeah, working out at MSG. You know, he's, uh, you know, uh, well, I mean, he won't admit it, but uh, I, I don't know. I think Joe, like I said, he's an Islander Enforcer for now. He's an Islander Enforcer podcast. Um, again, tr- tremendous back catalog. Um, my wife's sneezing is throwing me off uh mick fakota aaron ashram jason strudwig eric bolton he's had all those guys on and he's got some pretty cool guys lined up here um not only islander legends but i'm sure he's being at msg he's probably digging around for a few rain you know he's gonna start yelling pod van sucks in no time you wait hold on my throat's going here but uh yeah broadway joe doesn't he's doing a bang-up job out in the island um not only does he have a successful podcast, successful merchandise store as well. Always adding to it. Um, you know, you name it, he'll put his face on it, in it, between it, up it, down it. I don't know. But, oh, shirts, pants, the whole deal. Christmas balls, Yule logs, always talking poles, you name it. I mean, faster than you could say, uh, you know, Merrick Malik, he'll ship it to you. So uh, if you want to get your stuff before Christmas... You let Broadway Joe know, and he'll uh, he'll get it to you. But um, especially if you got a, well, I'll say this now for anybody out there, for the travelers out there, if uh, if you plan on heading to uh, the New York area uh, in the new year, oh, some Broadway Joe gear would uh, would open doors for you. You know, never mind Diners Club, Diners Club. No, no, Lazito. That's just just wearing that shirt. Is it like? Is it just shows you're all about the discount, yeah. I'm just saying, but definitely give uh, Broadway Joe a chance. Coliseum Chronicles podcast, Joe Lazito, Gary Lazito. All right, folks. Um, well, first thing I want to talk about it, it's it's actually a topic that I talked about a little while ago. Um, Basically, it comes down with these, these sort of these newer age players that, um, just played junior, went through hockey, they didn't fight. Now, oh, Darren, you're just being bitter, but no, I'm telling, simply saying that, um, the junior leagues have fight restrictions now. It's three fights in the OHL, three fights in the Quebec League. And, uh, well, I mean, the WHL doesn't have any fight limits, but, eh, you know, whatever. No one's really fighting anymore. 
same with junior A fight limits. So you have, a, I said, you have a generation of player coming that will be in a handful of fights by the time they turn pro. Okay, and whatever, as as the generation goes on, I mean, the entire league and who and all the peers that you're playing against will be in the same boat. They played, they went through hockey where there really wasn't any fighting. Again, this is where league limits rules are put in place. They've limited fighting. It's not just me being bitter old guy yelling at the clouds. That's just the way it is. But there's still a few guys in the NHL that came through when there was fighting. Not yet, not not 90, 80s or 90s level of fighting, but like you got your older guys, the Reeves, the Luchiches, guys like that. They've come through, they were the mid-2000s babies in junior, so there's still a bunch of fighting. There's still the McGrattans and the McIntyres and Yablonskis and Morastis and Bonvies and all those guys around. Um, coming Gillies and all these guys coming up, DJ King, stuff like that. So they took on Hevs. Whereas a lot of these other kids coming up, I mean, they're fight, they're fighting their peers, which, who have the same amount of fights as they have. Now, again, your Doties, uh, McNeely, stuff like that. Yeah, you have some tougher kids in June, but they're few and far between. As the the norm is becoming, that these kids, what's the word? I, they're not battle tested. Okay, and I said the problem with that is, like I said, you're mixing them in with some guys left over that are, and it's going to end up in a bad result. And you've seen it a couple times. Nothing major has happened, but. It's, I, and I hope, and I'm not trying to, oh, I hope something does so it proves me right. I'm not, I don't want that to happen, but I'm just saying, but it, and it happened here with Borwicky and Brett Ritchie the other night and Ritchie just got the shit kicked out of him and he's a big kid, whatever. And I'm not saying, again, it's not like Borwicky's Tony Twist, but I mean, like I just went and looked through their history and okay, so you have Brett Ritchie, oh, he's really big, but okay, he played four years in the OHL. Had a total of eight career fights. So again, we're clipping along at two a season. Played in the AHL for two seasons. Had three fights. And now he's in the, he's been in the NHL for five years and he has 12. So again, we're at, we're at what? Four? No, eight. What did I say? Eight. So eight and 12 is 20 and three. So he's 23 fights. So he has 23 career fights. And now you got Borwicky. Again, not, like, I'm not saying he's, you know, Ty Domi, but, and he was a college guy, but I mean, okay, in the three years he played in the AHL, he had 38 fights. He has, uh, and then he has 55 fights in the NHL. So he has 93 professional fights. I didn't, I couldn't find his junior A stats. But okay, so it's probably over a hundred, right? So, but nonetheless, ninety-three pro fight. And again, I was going to say with Richie. So he's got what did I say before? He's got twenty-three pro fight versus like Wilson's the only kind of tough guy that he's fought. The rest have been, you know, whatever. Not knocking, but he's fought. But it's like within his whatever you want to call it, his category. But the problem is he ventured out, and so like Borwicky fought like I just quickly bruised this fight card, but it was like Justin Johnson. He fought Brandon Press three times. 
Lucic a couple, three times, Wilson, Jared Bowl, Sean Thornton, Cam Jansons, Matt Martin three times. He fought Reeves. Like this guy's battle tested versus the tough guys. And what happens? Ends up smashing Reach Richie and he just gets dummied. And it's like, these guys aren't ready to fight these guys. And it's like, like I just, one of these kids is going to fight Reeves or he's going to fight Wilucic or something. And it's, it'll be some kid up from the OHL with two or three fights to his name, but he's a, especially if he's big, like Richie's a big kid, but I mean, you get some of these six foot four, six foot, oh, he's really imposing. Oh yeah, he's imposing. Oh, oh, and he's a big hitter. Okay, he's a big hitter, but he's never fought before. But he gets up to the NHL, and of course he wants to stick, because you want, you know, if it's the NHL, I'm going to do whatever. So he throws a big hit, and one of these guys is going to come over and challenge him, and it's like, well, I'm new, so I better, because I want to make, you know, I want to make my bones. And it's like, somebody's going to get just the fucking shit slapped out of him, which happened in this fight. And it could have been way worse, but it's like, it's coming. I hope, I hope I'm wrong. But I just think of these young kids, even if they come out and they go to the American Hockey League. Imagine one of these fucking cupcakes going to fight Brett Gallant. Or Jake Doty or something. Oh, or Alex Gallant. Oh, you're like, you're, someone's getting tuned. And that's one thing I will say, one thing about these guys. You're lucky they're nice. They're all, they all bought into this bullshit code or whatever. Like, could you imagine some of these kids, they were up against Dave Brown? Or, or Twist or something back in the day? Oh. God. NHL friggin' form shops would be selling body bags. You know, and like I said, I don't, I don't want to, like, hope something happens so I can jump up and down and curl my t- and give it the fucking I told us so. But it's like, I, and I'm, we'll see. But I was over, like I said, we were, I was over at my parents' house tonight, and uh, me and the old man were in the back room, just drinking beers and whatever. And, you know, we're flipping back from the college game, uh, the, a, the FSU or Arizona State game, and uh, Calgary and the and the Rangers. And I'm like, oh shit! And of course, it was like at the time when we I was paying attention, it was like kind of three nothing. And uh, I was like, oh well, maybe we'll finally get the, like the Luchi Reeves fight that everybody's waiting for. But it's just like. Like, I don't know, and then it's five, six, nothing. Well, at that point, it's not up to Lucic to go fight. I mean, he's, they're up five, nothing. What would he fight for? But it's like, just, you know, and I'm not knocking, you know, but Reeves just isn't doing anything. Like, just, I mean, I get the, I guess at the same time, it's five or six, nothing, so what's the point? But I don't know. Um, and they were down three, nothing. He was out there with Lucic, just watching it, and it's like, fuck dude are you not and maybe and again maybe he was like i mean i was half drinking and on the computer turning back talking looking at the tv wasn't like a believe me the game wasn't that enthralling i wasn't that glued to the set so it's like i'm not sure but i'm like maybe he was calling Lucic out but i didn't from when we were watching it sure as hell didn't look like they were you're just going through the motions and again it's a road trip you're getting bombed i mean at that point it gives a shit i guess but i don't know has reeves even fought yet I don't think so, but it's like, I don't know what you're waiting for, dude. Like, what do you think they signed you for? Like, I don't know. I mean, I know he's up there and hits, but, you know, at the same time, I'm sure it's not like it's a steady line of dance partners he's turning down. But at some point, I think you have to sort of make an example out of somebody, do you not? And, uh, 
I don't know. And then, uh, who was it that hit Marner? Sergachev? Is that his name? Whoever the Tampa guy was that hit Marner. Oh, he got a few game suspensions for hitting in the, for blow to the head, but it's like, oh, really? Of course, I had all the, oh, yeah, and then of course, I, uh, I shit on it and whatever, and of course, then I had the, the, the Tampa Bay fans on me. Oh, that was the Wilson thing. The Wilson and whoever at the end of the game there got into it. Of course, the, it's the, the Tampa Bay feet. Oh, see that cross check by Wilson on the forearm. He could have broken his arm. This announcer's sitting there crying about it. Of course, all the nerds, Tampa fans, jolts, bolts, or whatever you geeks call yourselves, the, the we and the they crew. Um, oh yeah, they were all up in arms with Wilson. That's three plays. Oh yeah. But meanwhile, you're not noticing the Tampa guy doing the cup check on him. You missed that part, though, right? Like, okay. And, of course, I made fun of him or whatever. So then I get the entire lollipop guild coming after me. You know, so blocking him left. The you, you only reason you're blocking him is because you can't handle the heat, brah. Oh, yeah. Coming from a guy with four followers. Yeah, oh, I can't tan your heat there, Junior. Oh, just a bunch of clowns. But it's just like, these are the fan, this is the fan base. It's just embarrassing. And it's just, actually, I'm gonna, and of course they're crying. Oh, and, you know, of course they're, you know, they have to have half a dozen hashtags in every tweet and hockey culture and everything else. Meanwhile, you've been at Tampa Bay, you've, you live in Florida and you've been a Lightning fan for five years, but you're gonna yell about hockey culture. Okay. You know. Uh, you know, the only ice you've ever, you know, you've ever been on is the shit that was in your freaking Slurpee, you know, but it's just like, shut up, bolt jolts, oh God, you know, but, but I mean, they own all the third jerseys and have nicknames for all the players, Stammer and the rest of them, and it's just like, oh God, it's embarrassing, but this is who the league caters to now, I mean, that's the next generation of fan, right, so, um, but yeah, so but these are the same people that sit there and yell and scream for change. Hockey needs to change. We don't even know what hockey is or was. So change. What are we changing? Like, you, well, it just needs to change. Oh yeah. Oh, again, you you just it's some blanket statement to appear woke. Like, okay, you're just gonna shoehorn whatever in there. Like, I have a whole. It's all, I have a whole dissertation about change in hockey and, and everything uh, that I've been actually working on. Um, and uh, I just didn't have a time today. But it's, but it's an evergreen topic, right? So it's like, you know, I'll bring that up at some point. Um, actually, while I'm talking about that, um, like I said, we did the paperwork for our house and everything. And we literally, well, to clean, get moved and whatever, it's, we have about three weeks. Um so, I will I will have an episode for you on Sunday or on Wednesday. I'm hoping to have a guest interview. I know I've done like three solo episodes in a row, and I apologize for not having a guest. But life's been crazy here. I want to give you guys content just to have something to listen to. Um, so that's why I'm doing this at uh, well, it's twelve fifty three a.m. Um, but. Uh, yeah, and I'm working on a few people to interview, but um, as I said, I think this week, the Wednesday and Sunday coming up, I'll have episodes for, 
after that, I'm not, I don't think I'll be doing anything until December because like I said, we're, we have to change internet. We're, like I said, we're moving, right? We're unplugging everything and moving. So I'm obviously not going to have internet access. So, um, I'm not sure how many episodes I'll be doing late November and into early December. Um, we'll see, but, uh, just know there'll be a few Wednesdays and Sundays. And I mean, that might be better for everybody, but, uh, that's what's going on here, uh, shortly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I could I could yap all all day about hockey change and everything else, but I I do have a few things I want to talk about on that subject. Um, oh, and like I said, with the few of the missed episodes, and then you know, and then December is Christmas and the crazy season, and I don't know how successful that will be getting um, guests because, like I said, the Christmas and I mean, they got family coming in and. You know, oh, here, take time away from your family to talk two hours to some stranger on a show about some fights in, uh, you know, Des Moines back in 84. You know, so I'm not going to do that to anybody. So, um, not to say if I can't get a guest, I won't get it, but, uh, the show's going to be a little disjointed here. The format will be a little, uh, little different here for the next little while. So just bear with me. Um, or if I'm not around for a couple, of, like, oh, we missed this week. Don't, I didn't quit. I'm not quitting. So, uh, you know, don't give up on the show just yet. Although after this episode, you might give up on it. But, um, yeah, so bear with me here in the, uh, in the, in a few weeks to come. But, uh, I have talked to, one, two, three, four, I've talked to four ex-NHL tough guys. And they, and, uh, hopefully I, I want to come out swinging in 2022 which really isn't that far away if you think about it in terms of like, you know, podcasting episodes. So, um, and I, I really, like I said, once we get into the house, got everything unpacked and life's back to normal and we're living in the house. Um, I have a number of big things that I want to do, um, to grow the show and, uh, get some guests and, and, and really entertain you guys, uh, going forward. So like I said, uh, bear with me, please. But, uh, yeah, um, as you can hear, I'm losing my voice, so hold on. Okay, well, I'll, let's get to this uh, Washington Capitals uh, whatnot that was sent to me. Um, it was from the Stars and Sticks website. Um, it was written, it was written, here we go. It was written a month ago, so it's current. Michael Marzacco, who was the author. And the Washington Capitals, 10 toughest players of all time. All right. The Washington Capitals have had their fair share of tough players that would suit up. These guys were never afraid to fight, play through play through big hits, make the big hit, or play through pain. These guys were fearless in what they do, and we should be grateful that they were on our side. Some of these choices were easy from watching the Caps in my generation. <clears throat> I already see how this is going to go, but... And I also looked at physical players that made impacts for the Caps before my time to cater to each and every fan reading this article. Of course, as always with top 10 lists, we always miss one or two. Okay. <clears throat> well, there we go. doesn't really have any um, criteria of what... Like some, like I said, some people's idea, like toughest, they just mean like the 10 best fighters. Toughest sometimes means hitters and whatever. So, I mean, we'll see where this goes. Here we go. Scroll down. Like I said, this was sent to me. The guy said, oh, just do it on the air. I think you'll have a lot of fun with this. So I have not. This is all new to me. So here we go. 
and it's like a scroll, and then you hit the next one. So I can't, I can't go ahead. It's this is all new. Yeah. Uh, number ten, Donald Brashear. All right, the president has Secret Service protecting him, yet he's just the second most important person in Washington besides Alex Ovechkin. Oh yeah, Ovechkin has reached the point in his career where he can protect himself. Can he? You well, know, you know, whatever. No one else does anything to him. But back when he was a young buck, the Caps signed Donald Brashear and gave him the task of protecting the young star. If anyone was to mess with Ovi, they had to go through the Donald. All right. Well, you can't... Hey, we're off to good... Can't argue with Brashear. Number nine. <laughs> Scott Stevens. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, but yeah, I just, I just know how Stevens is on the, on the message boards. It's pretty polarizing, but... Uh, Stevens brought physicality to the game of hockey ever since he was 18-year-old rookie in 82-83. Hitting is a huge part of Stevens' game. Uh, Stevens is called a man-child. There's a tremendous instinct right from the very first day. So it would come down and be one-on-one, and all of a sudden the force of nature would come from the left, and boom, there was a giant collision. He almost took me out a couple times, said Brian Ingbloom. What the hell was that? He had the most penalty minutes during his time at the Caps in 88-89 when he had 225 minutes. He spent eight seasons in Washington. Yeah, I mean, what more is there to say? I mean, you know, probably the biggest hitter. Yeah, he probably was. Like, in terms of defenseman, he's the, off the top of my head. I would say him and, you know, you got to put Cromwell up there too. But I think, uh, as much as that pains me to say, but in terms of the overall impact, I mean, at this time when he was with Washington, he did a lot of fighting too. And had some big fights. Probert, Dave Brown, Jay Miller, you know, all the, he wasn't just, you know, whatever. He he did a lot of fight. He didn't do so much fighting in New Jersey, but he was also in his 30s at that point, too. So, like, you know, give the guy a break. But, yeah, what do you say about Stevens hitting? He's one of the most feared hitters of all time, without a doubt. Number eight, Craig Berube. Oh, there you go. Nicknamed the Chief. Uh, yeah, his first season of the Caps, 93 points, 7 goals, 14 points, 300 minutes. Berube was never afraid to stand up for his teammate, and he wasn't drafted, but in 1986, signed with the Flyers as a free agent. Chief came, Alan May recalled fondly in his playing days with Berube, fondly his playing days with Berube in an article. Chief came up when the Flyers were still the version of the Broad Street Bullies and then went a long way. The Philadelphia thing of being a tough teammate and sticking up for your teammate all the time, and for all the right reasons. It's not about you, it's about your team. That's in him. It's part of his DNA as a coach and as a competitor. Yeah, I mean, what is there to say about Berube? I mean, the guy did it forever. Um, fought everybody, and uh, yeah, the chief. I love me some Craig Berube. Number seven. Oh, here we go, Alan May. <laughs> it's funny. Um, in the in the time frame when Alan May was playing, I was never an Alan May fan. I don't know why. Of course, back then in like the nineties, you could have like guys you liked and didn't like because every team had like two, three, four guys that would fight, so you could like be choosy, right? I mean, now when I watch the old stuff, I have a complete appreciation for him just because of the role. But at the time, I I didn't, I, but I don't know why I didn't like him. Um, it's a fan favorite amongst Capitals fans for a gritty, hard nosed style of play. Opponents were afraid of him for good reason. He's a pre- currently Alan May is a pregame and postgame show host for the what? Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, before the glitz and glamour TV, whoever messed with Alan May on the ice was in for a miserable time. Yeah, he um, yeah he put up a lot of penalty minutes. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, fought everybody. wasn't the biggest guy, but uh, you know, um, I don't 
I don't think anybody, I think he, Alan May himself would say, I mean, he wasn't like it was a top 10 killer or anything, but I mean, he was there for a long time, did it for a while. Not a bad player either. Number six, <clears throat> Joe Ricci. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I mean, I have no problem with Joe Ricci. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd put him ahead of Brashear, Berube, and Stevens and Allen. Like, you know, I might have started him at 10 and we can go from there, but um, Joe Ricci is a defenseman who always did the dirty work yet hardly got recognition. That's very true. Uh, as a defensive defenseman, I'm not going to get you a lot of points every year, but you know, I'm, I just... I just can't get scored against. I take a lot of pride in defense, just like a goal scorer does scoring goals. I do whatever it takes not to let one in. Ricky played 500 career games. The Washington Capitals ranks third in the franchise, plus minus a plus 86, and total 500 or 688 penalty minutes. Yeah, so yeah, I I uh, I mean, I know who Joe Ricky was. Yeah, he was just the physical, just. Just one of those, you know, back in the 80s, 90s, just those stay-at-home D-men that, you know, glassing out and uh, cleared the front of the net, blocked some shots, and now and again, if shit acted up, he'd do, he'd he'd fight. But, uh, yeah, i dig Joe Ricci. I, I wouldn't have him six on my all-time toughest list of the Capitals, but, hey, Joe's all right in my book. Number five. Uh, <laughs> what? Olaf Kolzig. Oh, yeah. Yes, believe it or not, a goaltender has made it to onto this list. And for good reason. Playing goalie in the NHL is the world's toughest position with all the pressure that comes with it. And, and the toughest of them all suit up for the Washington Capitals was Kolzig. Uh, all right. Michael Farber. Oh, yeah, Michael Farber. Sports Illustrated wrote that Kolzig had a temper and used to be the wild thing in net, but controlled himself. He mastered others and in turn became that elite goalie. That didn't mean Kolzig wasn't afraid to unleash the fury one time confronting Pittsburgh enforcer Francois LaRue. Oh, okay. He confronted him, did he? Okay. I know he, yeah, he was trained by, he was restrained by his best friend, Kolzig, that kept Kolzig from squaring off with Ken Belanger. Well, I can tell you, old Ole the goalie was very lucky he didn't square off with Ken Belanger. Um, yeah, I don't. I, what do you, I don't know what to say about Olaf Kolzig on a top 10 toughest Washington Capitals, but all right. Okay. Number four, Matt Hendricks. Mm, all right. Matt Hendricks did all the dirty work, forechecking, shot blocking, your penalty kill. He did all these things while playing through an injury. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, a newer age guy. Played in the 2010s. Um, yeah, I mean, I okay. I mean, yeah, he played physical. He did some fighting. Um, certainly wasn't a heavyweight. Um, you know, middleweight guy. Um, product of the environment of the era. Um, I, I have nothing for or against him. Um, again, this was in 2010s. Like when Hendricks was playing. I, I wasn't paying much attention to hockey at that point. Um, I had already kind of given it up. So, um, I mean, I know who he was and I've seen some of his fights, but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't really have any, uh, not any disrespect, but I just don't have any thoughts on Matt Hendricks. I mean, I, like I said, I've seen him play. I can't, whatever. I mean, I've seen some of his hits and some of his fights, but yeah, but I, again, I know enough. Not, I wouldn't put him at number four on a 
toughest caps list of all time, but okay. <laughs> it's pretty good. Well, it started off hot, and I was kind of into it. I'm like, after I got Hendricks and Kolzig and Joe Riki here. All right, number three, Rod Langway. All right, Rod Langway is one of the best defensemen, defensemen to suit up for the Capitals. Tough defender, won the Norris, 83. Uh, holds the Caps plus-minus rating, 117. No other players have triple digits for plus-minus. He's one of only four Capital players to have their sweater retired. Um, yeah, I mean, outstanding, all of Hall of Fame player, outstanding player. Um, I mean, in that sense, I mean, certainly there's no, there's no denying that, that he was a great player. And, um, again, I guess at the start of the, of this, uh, article, it would have been good to outline what the criteria was to make it, um, you know, Langway played physical. He didn't really fight. Although early in his career, I would, um, he did have, like, he fought some tougher guys, like Winsick and Nystrom and guys like that. Like, I mean, so he certainly, and he's a big dude. Like, Langway is a big, did I say, what am I saying here? Rod Lang, like, sorry folks, it's late. Langway was a big dude. I think he was a former football player. I might be up my ass with that, but I think he is. Um, but yeah, so he played physical with big hitter. Um, uh, but he wasn't, I, like, he wasn't some killer fighter or anything. So, like I said, I don't know what the criteria is of this writer. Um, I don't think I would have, I would put Langway on a top 10 all time capitals players list, like, I'm doing air quotes, player list for sure. Um, top 10 toughest? No. I wouldn't. I mean, I get what he's getting at, but it's like, how are we doing this here? So, but, but like I said, great player. I have nothing against him, but what's the criteria for toughest? But, uh, yeah, like occasionally would fight. Like I think he might have averaged two or three fights a year, but he, you know, play physical, whatever, but all right. Anyway, so we got Langway at three. What do we got at number two? I'm excited now. What's, what's this going to be? Dale Hunter. Uh, well, that makes more sense than like Hendricks and Riki and stuff like that. I mean, okay. Um, Hunter ranks, sec- yeah, he's second all time penalty minutes with 3,500. Um, he's only player at 3,000 minutes, going on 1,000 points. Like I said, great player, uh, 1,400 games, 19 seasons. Um, yeah, came over from, what was it, Quebec? Uh, yeah, there you go. 86, 87. It would be his final season with Quebec. Quebec shipped him to the Caps that summer, despite still being a lot of pain from the previous season. Hunter only missed one game. Um, Steve Connell Alchuk spoke highly of Hunter. Uh, when I think of him, I think of him as always being involved in the game, being tough, and being there and sticking up for you at all the time, at all times. He always felt safe and ready to go to battle when playing together. Yeah, I mean, every team would want a Dale Hunter. Like you said, a thousand points, three thousand minutes, and there was shit going down whenever he was on the ice. Big game hunter, right? Um, would fight, uh, wasn't a great fighter. Um, I mean, he would be okay if he stayed, he's not very big. If he stayed in like a middleweight size, he was fine. Um, dirty, you know, everybody remembers the Turgeon thing. Um, he also, um, who's the flyer? It was a flyer defenseman. He threw a head high elbow on and started a, Gordon Murphy, I believe it was. Was it Murphy? Yeah, I think it was Murphy. That he threw a head high elbow on and that started a brawl. Um, 
yeah, Hunter was, I was never a Hunter fan, but there's no denying. Yeah, Salt, great player, gritty guy, talent, well, a thousand points. I mean, what, you know, um, and, and consistent, played, yeah, well, almost, well, 1400 games, you're almost playing every night, and, you know, for that style of play, yeah, I mean, I could see him being on the list for sure. Um, yeah. Well, now, who we got for the number one all-time toughest Washington Capital? Oh, I love it. Tom Wilson. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> I can imagine when this article came out, people just losing their minds over it. Um, if you had asked me to write this five years ago, maybe Tom Wilson wouldn't make it to number one. Maybe not even two years ago. But now with everything that's been going on, from the fines to the suspensions, the lack thereof, there is no player everyone across the league loves talking about or loves to hate more than Tom Wilson. Wilson lives rent-free in many opponents' heads. Well, that's, that's very true. I will agree with that. Last season, Tom Wilson led the NHL with 96 penalty minutes. God, that sounds so funny to Imagine leading the league with 96 minutes. All right. Um, I think Holt and Nyland and them almost did that in a game. Um, if you look at his career numbers, 96 penalty minutes was ironically the second lowest total of his career. So if he's in the if he's in the box much less, why is he still a hot topic among non non Caps fans for his horrifying acts of violence? Um, his offense production has also started to increase over the last couple of seasons. Like many of the core, Wilson enters a big season and will look to bring his A game on the opening night against the Rangers team that added a bunch of enforcers to try to take him down. Well, they added, but did nothing about it. Cause of course we all know that was what a six one and Reeves. I don't even think looked at Wilson. So there you go. Uh, number one, toughest Washington capital, Tom Wilson. Um, all right. I mean, I could, okay. I could see him on the list, but, I could definitely, whoever the author was, I can definitely tell he's a Gen Zer. Um, off the top of my head, I'm just thinking you have no Chris Simon, um, Erskine, Kaminsky, Kiprios, Brendan Witt, uh, Dwight Schofield, um, Jesus, Stephen Pete. Again, I like what, like Chaconi. Yeah, he was there. Um, yeah, that, Neil Sheehy. Well, hell, Neil Sheehy would be above half these guys. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot missing there. Um, I think I think Simon and Brendan Witt are probably the two biggest uh, misses. Um, you know, when you have a Hendricks and a Riki and whatever. But there you go. It's one one Gen Zetter's opinion. Um, I always love these lists from these internet sites. Um, I don't know, I, I just, well, it's just, a, it's amusing how people see things, right? And, uh, you know, whatever, I mean, I'm not, it's not like I'm going to tweet this guy after and say, I just had your list on my show, you're a moron, or what, I mean, whatever, who gives a shit, but we're just talking, because we're talking, we're fight fans here, so it's interesting to see other people's takes. I'm probably fairly certain this guy probably isn't a fight fan, or if he is, it's like, oh, I like when Washington guys fight and win, um, you know, but... I'm, I'm pretty sure he probably doesn't own, uh, I'm pretty sure he's not downloading the 96, 97 Orlando Solar Bears DVD like I was last night. Um, which, and that's fine, but, uh, it sort of shows when these guys do these lists, but, uh, 
yeah, that ah, was a lot of fun. I appreciated. it. Uh, thank you for sending that to me. Um, yeah, I love these lists. They're great. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to them. I mean, I hope you were sort of, I don't know, chuckling along, chuckling along like I was. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was sort of interesting. But, uh, well, let's get into the, uh, the, the final segment here really quick. Um, which has become, a, like I said, a very, a very popular, uh, sort of segment, uh, myth versus reality. And, um, and again, I don't really, I'm sort of, I'm, I guess I'm grasping at straws. Cause like I said, I was doing this, uh, uh, very quickly and, uh, well, not quickly, but it's, it's super late and it's like now one fifteen in the morning. I'm sure. My wife is just thrilled that I'm doing this right now. Um, so I wanted to have, uh, well, the myth versus reality that I was doing, uh, I, w- I was sort of up in the air. I wasn't quite sure. Uh, what to do, and then uh, this topic came up on the Hits, Fights, and Brawls page, and uh, which Randy, the former tough guy, Randy Holt, uh, is a member of. And um, somebody was talking about uh, uh, Bob Gasoff. Okay, sorry about that. I just had to hit pause. I just wanted to find the article, but yeah. Okay, Jen, school's in session. I'm pulling up a chair. Over the years, I've come across the Bob Gasol, honestly speaking, I don't know much about him. From all accounts, he seemed to be on par with the likes of Dan Maloney and, and Battleship Kelly, circa 74 to 76. Tough, tough fighter. So with that being said, what's the deal on him? So um, it got a, lots of comments, um, but one of them was from Randy Holt, former player. Um, he's an intro, If he's as outspoken on Facebook as he is uh, in person, I'd like to get him on the show. Um, I think he could tell some good stories, but um, of course, he's, his his reply was um, Bob Gasoff wasn't a good fighter. He was just crazy. He played dirty hockey and used a stick to hurt players. The idea that someone is mentioning Gasser in the same breath as the greatest is totally wrong. Bob had a reputation of, as being tough, and that and that's true. But Bob didn't belong in the best fighter category. He belongs in the toughest category. Trust me, there are two different areas. There were lots of players who just wanted to play hockey, but when challenged, they would beat the shit out of that tough guy. No no one seems to see that, but it's absolutely true. I played 12 years in the NHL and 4 years in junior. Junior A, I led the NHL or was second or third penalty minutes a few times. I fought most of the tough guys during my career. I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, keep scrolling down. People are replying to him. Um... <clears throat> one of the guys comments and uh, Randy Holt, I remember you very well. You were a true hockey player. I believe you still hold the still hold the most penalty minutes in one game record. I'm a big Flyers fan, but I always give due respect to the players that deserve it. Thanks, Bill. Uh, I tried to play hockey, but the Broad Street Bullies and the Big Brad Bruins didn't allow that too often. The Bruins, especially when they didn't need that, as they had the best ever hockey player named Bobby Orr. Uh, <clears throat> and this guy was kind of, uh, yeah, this guy, replied, Randy, do you think Gasoff was, was so crazy because he wasn't that big? If you were crazy, not many would mess with you. Bob actually could play hockey and was getting better and better each year, but he looked at each game as a war. And if you messed with one of his teammates, he was going to get you one way or another. I know you played around 
12 games each year that Gasoff played. Bob was more of a street fighter because back with bench-clearing brawls, you had to be. Fighting wasn't the same back then. It evolved when you when they learned how to keep every fight from being a bench-clearing brawl. I understand what you mean about being a good fighter and being tough. Bob used his toughness. It's what, what he had at 5'10", 190. Um, hi, Brian. Bob learned very early in his life that being crazy would scare most normal people. He did it all through junior A, and it got him to the NHL. But the NHL has the toughest players in the world, and also the best fighters. Is the big difference between the two. Bob was crazy, and he was tough, but he wasn't a good fighter. Um, crazy worked very well for Bob. All Western junior A players who I played with in the NHL were scared shitless of him. I went out of my way to show them that he wasn't that good of a fighter. He, he was, though, very tough and crazy. Those combinations worked very well for him. Uh very sad that Bob had to die so young. That era, which was my era, was made for Bob and myself. It was a very tough era and lots of good, great players never made the NHL because they could be intimidated. Bob was great at that and it was having a good career because of how crazy he was. And then uh, we'll keep going because somebody brings up Tagger Williams. Uh, yeah, all I know is I read Tagger Williams' book, and he said the only guy he was ever truly afraid of was Bob Gassoff, which which Holt replied, "Hi Scott, I fought I fought Bob Gassoff, and my brother Gary fought him also. He wasn't a good fighter; he was crazy. He kind of keeps repeating himself here. That's how he scared a lot of players. He was very bad with the stick and had to, and had had absolutely no stop in using it to stick or cross check a player. That's why I fought him. He hurt one of my teammates, and I immediately went over and fought him. He didn't do well." They kicked him out of the game for what he did to my teammate. My brother Gary fought him and beat him also. They were they were both thrown out of the game. Many of his teammates played in the Western Junior and were scared shit shitless of him because they thought he was crazy, and he was. But I'm surprised why any NHL tough guy would be scared of him. He doesn't belong in the best fighter category. Uh, he replies about Tagger Williams here too. i got to find it. Sorry, folks, you're watching me. As I, I just scroll along here. Um... Yeah. Oh, here we go, here we go. Huh. Anyway, he, uh, yeah, I won't uh, go searching for it for too much longer, but, uh, yeah, he basically goes on to say that, uh, he couldn't believe that, that, uh, Tiger Williams would say that, but, uh, and anybody that would, uh, really isn't, uh, he's embarrassed for Tiger and he, that anybody would say that, so, um, I know that was sort of a disjointed myth versus reality, but I just wanted to share. I know I have a lot of older fans that, uh, um, that like that sort of thing. And, uh, I mean, I know, and amongst older fans, uh, Bob Gazoff's very, very much revered. And, uh, so it was interesting to read these comments from Randy Holtz, who obviously was a peer and played against them and clearly fought him. Um, uh, so it was interesting to hear again. I'm not, that's Randy Holtz opinion. Um, I'm not saying, well, now, okay, fuck it, Gasoff is a punching bag. I'm not saying that either, but I just wanted to throw that out there and, uh, let that, uh, let you guys chew on that for a while that, uh, what Randy Holt had to say about Bob Gasoff. And hopefully at some point here when everything calms down, um, and like I said, and I get moved and everything else, um, I'd love to get, uh, Randy on the show and we could talk more about this and, uh, Tiger Williams and, and and all that sort of thing, all old seventies and and he was in the W was he in the WHA? 
Uh, but, but I know he was on the Cleveland Barons. I know that. But, uh, yeah, get Randy on. We could definitely talk some. I haven't had an old NHL guy on, like, from a 70s or something. So that'd be kind of dr- I'd definitely have to do my research. I'd definitely have to get uh, old Steve when, when Probert was king, uh, get him on there because he, he'll definitely be my researcher for that one. Because uh, that's, like, right in his wheelhouse, you know, the 70s and 80s. That's, um, like I said, I, I mean, I know who Randy Holt is, and I've seen some of his fights, but there isn't a lot of footage of him. But um, it would be interesting to hear those old stories, though, because, like, again, that's a completely different time, right? So, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But uh, anyway, guys, as you can hear, my throat is about going. It is now one thirty in the morning. Um, and I'm pretty sure my wife wants to go to bed and does not want to hear about Randy Holt anymore. But uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, please, like I said, check out check out uh, uh, my pages on social media as well as the YouTube channel. Um, yeah, and like I said, I know you guys uh, want interviews and that type of thing. But uh, uh, like again, I know I keep repeating it, but uh, bear with me here for the for the coming weeks. Here, it's, it's going to be uh, we're up and down, and I'm, I'm not sure what my schedule is going to be. But uh, if I'm able to get to a microphone and I have an internet connection. I will put something out there for you guys, but, uh, yeah, we will see going forward here for the next little while. But, uh, anyway, this has been the Sunday episode. I encourage you to go back, check out the back catalog. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's, uh, I'm sure people listen to it. You're all going back to work. It's Monday and, uh, let's attack the work week and I hope everybody stays, uh, stay safe out there and be good to everybody. All right, guys, we'll talk to you Wednesday. Thanks everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?